If you had a 30-minute call to sit and pick my brain, what exactly would you ask me? What are you dying to know? After over 350 episodes of listening to me, it's time for me to listen to you. And if you are a member inside of our Facebook community, which is completely free, by the way, it's been there for years and it will be there for years to come. You can go over to Facebook and type in Systemize Your Life, join our group. This is where I am pulling all of your questions from for today's episode. We had a post go up inside of our group that asked everyone, what would they ask? And guess what? I'm about to answer every single one of them right here in today's episode. If you want an opportunity to have your questions answered, make sure you keep your eyes open inside of our Systemize Your Life Facebook group for the next post that comes up asking you, what would you ask me in a 30 minute call? Let's find out what the answers are to these incredible questions from some of our community members right here inside of today's episode. Systemize your life with Chelsea Joe. That's me. And this is a podcast for modern women who are eager to live with more meaning and less overwhelm. We're about to tap into some fiercely meaningful relationships banging organization and time management strategies, and a rock-solid plan for our personal well-being with functional systems to those problems we all go through. Girl, if you feel like you're watching life go by from a window on the Hot Mess Express, then it's time to roll up your sleeves, dig in, and get your life out of the chaos and into confidence. Our first question comes from Rachel asking, hey, you guys have done episodes on breakfast and dinner. I love those. I would love an explanation that was explaining all three meals of the day and snacks with her systems. Bonus points if it included how to organize, plan, and shop efficiently. Hugs. (laughs) She also said, also, we've been recently moving up dinner time. It's really a game changer. Highly recommended. Yes, Rachel, we do highly recommend that. That is a nugget um, and actually a soapbox from very early on in the show. So if you guys haven't peeled all the way back into the first 20 episodes, you'll hear me talk about that incessantly. I should probably start talking about it again more often. But let me say that these questions definitely are an episode in and of itself. But what I can say quickly here as a little tidbit to answer your question is my entire meal planning system doesn't just include the menu board meal planning. That's for dinners, obviously. And then I went into lunch and breakfast on a different episode where I basically said I stick to the same three meals and I rotate through them. I honestly have nothing super formalized when it comes to the meal planning for all of the snacks and all of the things because we do the same thing so often, it's really just automated for us at this point. Now, how I got there is probably what we need to talk about. That's probably where you need the transition. And so it was a lot of list making. Here's really the nuts and bolts of it. I had my main grocery stores that I went to and we take the same lap every single time. And every single weekend, I would write down from my menu board meal cards, the things that I needed. And on my list, I had it segmented for sprouts 
and Trader Joe's, and sometimes we'd hit up Costco like once a month. And so I had a specific list for each of them, and my staples would go at the top. I don't even need a list when I go to the grocery store anymore because we're so focused on a, a protein, a green, and a clean carb that it's literally just put six protein items for dinner our favorite vegetables. It's so routine at this point. And I know when we're at the grocery store, if they don't have cherries, I swap out for something else. It's summer. We have watermelon instead of oranges. It's really basic at this point, so much so that I've now transitioned to getting things local. So I know that we go to the same homestead and we get the exact same amount of eggs, cheese, butter, and yogurt. And it's just that every single week. And then I know how many meats we have to order from a local farm and it really is that simple but to get to that point it's just knowing writing down on your list and testing it and saying okay whenever I bought three cartons of berries two of them went bad four times over I did that for four weeks and it wasn't just a random because you guys know one week your kid will eat the crap out of those things and the next week they won't eat them at all right So you want to pick up on those patterns and make note of it. Save your grocery list every week. Look at what you have repeating over and over and over again, and then make sure that you're keeping your grocery list separated by grocery store if you're going to multiple different stores. The point is, is to keep this simple. Get rid of everything that you don't absolutely need. Get rid of the sodas. Get rid of the box juices. Get rid of everything off of your grocery list that is not an absolute staple and start there. I promise your kids are not going to (laughs) starve. It will help your grocery bill. It will help the mental load. It will help the nutrition. And then you can start to get a little fancy after that. That is truly how I shop efficiently as well. Um, So hopefully that answers your question about how I organize, plan, and shop efficiently. But I think it would be really great to go a little bit deeper into this episode, into this topic in a different episode. All right, let's look at Carrie. She is a top contributor in our group. Carrie, thanks so much for being in our group. And Carrie, you asked how to make it work with a husband that's opposite of you, who has a hard time relating to all of the systems purging and organizing. Also, how to achieve balance so you're not just a robot for your family and how to not lose yourself or let yourself go in the process. And then you said, we may need more than 30 minutes probably will. (laughs) Same thing. I love these questions. These are great episodes for me to record at length, but let's just go really quick off the top. How to make a husband, how to make it work with a husband that's opposite of you who has a hard time relating to all of the systems, purging and organizing. Believe it or not, this is what my life is, was kind of like. Blaine and I have been married for eight years and I'm talking literally just this week he started his time management the same way that I do it. He's never time blocked. He understands the rhythms of our house because he sees how well they work. And so he likes to hop on that inner tube and float that river. Like, of course he does. Why would he tread up water all the time and work against me? I'm not about that. He's not about that. Like, he doesn't want to make things harder on himself. But he's definitely not the one establishing. And he really is just not floating as though he's not in tune with what's going on, but he's super 
chill in that regard. Like he's all about having a good time and just going with the flow. And that's hard sometimes, (laughs) often. I wouldn't say he's, I mean, we're all opposite of our spouses in some way. But I definitely know that I have had to be some kind of patient and it's taken a really long time and it's still going to take a long time. Like it, he doesn't understand the systems that I understand. Obviously I understand them at a level because not only do I do them, but I teach them. So I understand them on a literal molecular level because I've helped thousands of people implement these things into their life. And so you can understand the amount of patience that I have to have with my spouse (laughs) because you know, I do this every day. And so my work is also a lot of what I do at home. So being patient is the number one thing here. The second thing is making sure that you understand the system well enough to demonstrate it and then explain it. And don't, third thing, don't expect him to ever understand the systems the way that you do to the extent that he could lead them. He may be an active participant. That would be the first stage. And then after that, maybe, depending on what kind of husband you have, he may take leadership on these things. But honestly, that's why I created this whole thing is because I believe that we have a very important role as a leader in the way that we manage our homes. And so this is just going to be your thing. Um, And it's going to feel like watching paint dry, but that's, that's your job, you know, just like watching kids grow up and, and maturing children takes 20 (laughs) plus years, right? It's the same thing with helping our spouses understand not only how to navigate these systems that I truly do believe are ours to lead, but also how to empower them to lead in lieu of us when we're not able to be there. And the communication just has to be positive. It has to be encouraging. We have to make it seem like it's their idea a lot of the times. We have to wait for the right timing. I can't tell you how many years we've struggled with Blaine's time management and his frustration with not being able to get anything done and all the things that I hear everyone say all the time. And now, after almost a decade, we're looking at eight years of me using this specific time management method. He's like, I want that and I need that. So we all have to be unbelievably patient. Um, Lucky for me, I'm probably the one that has to really curtail the, the hoarding for me and for the girls. Blaine's a pretty simple person. He doesn't keep a lot of things, but I can't get him to go through his closet of clothes that he hasn't touched in literally eight years for the life of me. And it like, I'm just like, all right, well, I let it go. I can have my side of the closet looking immaculate and you can have your side of the closet be what you want. So I think there's a lot of that too, and understanding that it's not just your home. It's a home together. It's both of your homes. And so all you can do is provide an opportunity and then leave it at that and be there for them whenever they have a question, whenever they want support and just keep encouraging. Okay, I love this next question from you, Carrie. So I'm gonna touch on this really quickly and then I'm gonna move to another question, which you asked also how to achieve balance 
so you're not just a robot for your family. I think that is the name of the game. Once you implement my home management system, that's truly what happens. You stop becoming a robot. You become insanely intentional. You're not a slave to your to-do list. You're not a slave to your schedule and you immediately become free. That is my sole purpose for creating a home management system for myself was so that I could have focused and intentional time on my work. I could step away from my kids and things could for the most part be maintained while I'm gone. And then whenever I pop back in, I'm done with my work. I know exactly when my tidy cues are. I know when laundry is getting done. I know when deep cleaning is getting done. Like I literally know when everything's getting done. I'm always looking at a puzzle that has been put together. And by the end of the week, I've got to put my puzzle back together for the next week. That's the only thing really robotic about me at this point is making sure that the systems are maintained. And I think that is a really achievable goal for you to set for yourself too. Okay, here's our next question from Jalen. Says, all those questions above are amazing, but how to do it all with children that are the ages of six months, two, and 14 years, and a husband who doesn't plan or organize or write out to do's. I love this. I love that everyone's asking this question because although my husband is an achiever, he loves to put things on a to-do list, that doesn't mean, okay, I will give him major kudos. He is, he does not sit on the couch. He does not play video games. That's not the culture in our home and it never has been. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that. And it doesn't mean that that can't change. If that's your form of entertainment, great. But I think there's a conversation that needs to be had about what is it that we really want. So I will repeat, a marriage retreat is in major, major order. For those of you that are really struggling with the culture of your home, with being in like almost constant conflict or with having like an ongoing conflict, that is where you would start. And this would be a subject that you would bring up at the marriage retreat, just like I have. Like I'm trying so hard to run this home. And I'll be honest, I just had this conversation with Blaine last night. I'm going to be real, real. I came home from work and we had a conversation that said, I feel like you expect me to be a wife and be a mom and make money at the same time. Like I cannot do mom job while I'm literally at work. Like, I don't even care if I'm in my office. I can't do both at the same time. And so we're always talking about boundaries and he has to have conversations with me about me crossing boundaries and being respectful too. So those are conversations that have to be had between you and other people at all times for you to be able to show up and do your very best work. That's on you to be able to communicate those things whenever you're feeling that way and figure out what do you need to do better in order to establish those boundaries to give respect and to gain respect. As far as children, six months, two and 14 years, I always recommend to start scheduling life around the youngest one. And I know that's really, really, really hard, but I'm a stickler about sleep schedules. And this isn't a hard, fast rule, but I do understand that 14 year olds have a lot of places that they need to go and they're super active. We're just, kind of in the tip of the iceberg right now with an 11 year old. And I remember 
when we had a really, really, we had a newborn and we had one that had school and activities at the same time, the little one's nap got interrupted often. So it's not necessarily that, that we have to work around, although you can, you could and should absolutely try your best. What I am trying to articulate is you want to make sure that you are meeting the needs of the most vulnerable in your family, whether that's a child with disabilities, or whether it's an extended family member that you have been endowed with the care of, or if you have a little one at home, if you have a two-year-old, they often say the two-year-old runs the household, right? I want you to just make sure that your day is lined up for them to succeed because your older ones are going to learn a lot from this, right? They're going to learn a lot about patience. These are lessons in how to provide care and how to be selfless. But when (laughs) small children don't have their needs met, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. That's why I highly recommend making sure that you focus on this area first. What that would look like is you making sure that you have your day planned out around where you have to be, right? It's the appointments in the Google Calendar first, and then your time blocks are laid out throughout your day to meet their needs. You know when you're baby wearing, you know what meals are gonna be happening, you know when nap times will be happening, you know when their independent play will be happening. Your day should be structured around those things. Jalen also asked how to create a workflow as a full-time student and a part-time employee. I absolutely love this. I actually just coached um, one of our interns is getting coaching from me in exchange for her work as an intern. She's been on with us for a while and she's a full-time college student. And so I just created an entire workflow for her and it's incredible. It's absolutely amazing. It's the same one that I use for every college student I've worked with. Uh, several college students in the past that have gone through the program. So definitely, even though it doesn't sound intuitive, Systemize Your Biz is an incredible tool for you to be able to organize your classwork. It also works really, really well for your part-time job. So that's definitely what I would recommend you looking into to be able to answer that question. Our next question comes in from Mackenzie, longtime student, one of my favorite students. I don't have favorite students, but I do have favorite students. You know what I mean? I absolutely love uh, that Mackenzie asked this question. Seriously, Mackenzie, so great to see you in the community. I love interacting with you, miss you dearly. And Mackenzie's question is, please tell me how you don't multitask. You mentioned that you didn't even really listen to podcasts last year. I'd love an episode where you preach to me about this. I love podcasts, but too much. And it distracts me from the tasks at hand. I also love talking on the phone while doing tasks, which makes me less efficient. Please tell me how you stay present, especially during tasks that you don't like. I love this because I remember in some of our coaching calls back in the day, Mackenzie, you talking about these phone calls and like we were looking for a strategic time in your schedule for you to put these phone calls. (laughs) And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. What I do know is that and for those of you that are listening, Mackenzie is a highly effective, efficient, and um, super intentional mom and wife and keeper of the house and all the things, business owner. Mackenzie's over there doing all the things. And I love that you are trying to squeeze out as much efficiency as you can here. Mackenzie, how do I not multitask? I just don't do it. I can't. 
can't focus. And I'm, I understand in my heart of hearts now what it really looks like for me to produce my best work. Now, I think every single person has a superpower within their personality that also can go too far and, or what I like to say, backslide them and it regresses their personality into the negative space. My superpower is if you, any personality test will tell you this, but I'll refer to the Enneagram. I'm a one wing two, which means one, I am quoted as a perfectionist. I love the details. I'm super systematic. Duh. Uh, and the two wing of me is a nurturer. So we're looking at like every time I show up to do something, I know when it's not my very best and it like hurts me in my bones to not provide that even for myself let alone for other people. So just beware if you come into my house or if you ask me for something. Like I always want to give my very best because I lose sleep when I don't. So when I'm showing up to something and it's haphazard, now this isn't 100% across the board. Like, well, I will say that my laundry's wrinkled most of the time. (laughs) There's some details I don't care about, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I just feel that. And I, so I have that benefit. Now, it might not be that important to you. If it is that important to you to become that next higher level of intentional, then here's what you can do. The name of the game is paring down what's really important to you. I went through all my podcasts and I got rid of just like, like the random listening. I got really specific about what I wanted to learn. It has to be teaching me something. It has to be worth my brain space. I don't have any room for anything right now. I am fiercely growing a business and I'm fiercely raising children and I am fiercely improving my marriage. And we just moved into a brand new house. Like when I say fiercely, I mean like I'm all cylinders ago in like every area of my life right now, including my health. Like we're in it. So I had to really cut the fluff in every single area. When I did that, it allowed me to do this next thing. And this is the next part is set goals for yourself. Set really firm goals for yourself that say, and track it, track your habits, track it in your planner, get really, really, really intentional about what it is that you're striving for and you're achieving, you're trying to achieve because then just by the nature of that, and I'm not a competitive person with other people, but I'm super competitive with myself. I want to do my very best all the time. And so I'm looking at what can I get rid of in order to make this one thing that I want to do better. And I think so many people are trying to do too many things really, really well. I just listed a lot of things that I'm trying to do well, but I can handle that at this point. And I know when I can't, my health was on the forefront for a long time. And then it kind of phased out. There's, there's, it ebbs and flows their seasons for this, but those are the two things that I would absolutely say, look at those phone calls. I think they're really rich and important to you, Mackenzie. So keep them. Maybe it's okay that you're not doing your dishes that well. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like be okay with some of the things that don't have to be amazing. And then the things that you really have a goal and some type of intention and determination behind, then maybe those are the things that you focus on, not multitasking through. All right, here's my last question that I'm going to give to you today. If I didn't answer your question 
or you want to have your question answered here on the podcast, just keep an eye out for the next post that goes out that says, if you had 30 minutes to sit and chit chat with Chelsea Joe, what would you ask her? Because they will be coming inside of the Facebook group from time to time. This last question comes in from Teresa. Teresa, thanks for popping this in. She says, I would ask if having so many systems overwhelms her. I understand that the systems are meant to make life easier, but for those type A or high anxiety folks, sometimes keeping up with it can be another source of stress. How do you make the systems work in your favor in those cases? I love this question so much and I have so much to say about it, but I only have like four minutes. (laughs) I actually am four minutes over at my 24 minutes right now and I try to be done by 20 minutes and so I'm going to try and cut this short and maybe I'll talk about this at length another time. First of all, the only system that I have in my mind is my home management system and my operating system for my company. So that's all I think about. Now, that's because I am super proficient at both of these systems at this point. I don't have to think about all the details inside those systems. So you don't start with this whole big shooting match, which I will plug Systemize Your Life right now, my home management system, because it literally will teach you all of these systems in the most straightforward, succinct way. If you're sitting here listening to the podcast, you're overwhelmed with over 350, almost 400 episodes, knowing where to start, knowing what to do. It's like a big deal, right? And it can seem like a lot of things, but I promise you I've pared it down into four really easy steps for macro systems that have some micro steps with inside of them to get them up and running. But systemize your life is one home management system and that's all you need to learn. So let me kind of get into this though. I do know that it seems like a lot. So start with one thing at a time. Let the rest of the world and the rest of your life be what it is and start with one system at a time. The goal is for this not to be something that is like on top of or intruding into your life, but for you to push out your old way of living and this to become the way that you live. So it's not even something that you're thinking about. Like it just is. It just is your life. Your life is systemized. It's not like you're living this life and then you have to manage these things on top of it. Hopefully that gives you like a visual of what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to maintain the life that we have and then put systems in it. We're trying to get our life to become systemized, which is why the program is called Systemize Your Life, right? I will say the second part of your question almost gave me goosebumps. It's you, you asked for those type A high anxiety folks, sometimes keeping up with it can be another source of stress. I, without this, am a type A high anxiety type of person. Over the last eight years, I have watched myself become, I don't even pack for trips anymore. Like that's where we're at. Obviously my kids are getting a little bit older, but like I'm not neurotic anymore because of my home management system. Week four, what we what I teach inside of Systemize Your Life is getting family support in a really simple way. And I think that that now, obviously we're maintaining, we have to keep up with life. I can't lay on the couch for days in a row and expect, and sometimes that happens when we're sick, right? And expect everything to stay done. 
but some of it can stay done, right? I have to be diligent. I have to work hard, but there's two kinds of hard work here. There's the hard work that you're doing without systems, and then there's the hard work of doing systems and then having incredible reward on the other side of it. I choose to do that kind of hard work instead of doing the other kind of hard work that causes me to micromanage, to hover, to be short-tempered, frustrated, emotional, disappointed, uh, the high swings between real true sadness and regret and and burnout and guilt like the real mom guilt i want to be able to not have those feelings anymore and so i know that whenever i show up to these systems that all that goes away and so that's the only thing that i focus on it's allowed me to truly let go of the neurosis and when i feel that start to creep in I immediately know, okay, what's out of alignment? The other day I was, Blaine was at work and I was texting him and I was feeling kind of frustrated. And I was like, we need to pay attention to the house because everything's starting to get out of control. Well, it's really not. It's just, I can see when things are starting to slip, but guess what? We were either out of town or had people staying over in from out of town for like a week and a half, almost two weeks. Okay. That's why, Chelsea. So then I can immediately back off and say, all right, I know how to reset. I know what to do. Done. And all of those feelings start to go away. So I would just encourage you to try and think of this not as a ton of systems all day long, but as your home management system. It's going to take you some time to build that. You can totally do that on your own. Absolutely. You can go and you can figure out what works best for your family, or you can just come in to systemize your life and get a proven method that is literally color-coded and plug and play and be done in two seconds. And that's for all of you. That is for anybody that is struggling, that wants to have the benefit of really well thought out systems for your home, for your kids, for your meals, for your time management, for your marriage, your finances, like literally for the decluttering, for the purging, like all of it, it's all there. And it's set up so beautifully to where you don't really even have to think about it. All the work is going to go into you implementing a system that has been built out just for you. So I had so much fun with this episode. I can't wait to do it again. I can't wait to answer your questions. And remember, you are always welcome to pop a question over inside of the free Facebook group. I am in there from time to time, actually pretty often, just scrolling and looking around and seeing things. Uh, I do have some interns and I have some team members in there as well. And we love that community as much as I know a lot of you love it too. Hope to see you over there. And I also hope to see you back here real soon for another episode on the Systemize Your Life podcast. Hey, before you go, if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe, then leave a review so more women can join our community too. And did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of this very podcast, tag me, and post it in your stories. 
What do you say we make a mighty breadcrumb trail for all the other women around us so we can make a change to the culture of how we care for each other and ourselves? I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. Until next time on Systemize Your Life with Chelsea Joe.